Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm Jen. We're just two run-of-the-mill casting directors looking to have a little fun while tearing down the curtain on casting, the process, and how the sausage gets made. So many misconceptions have come from outside sources, so we're here to clear the air and make sure everyone gets a full picture of all that goes into casting your favorite TV shows and films. All the while, we'll be drinking some amazing cocktails and spilling the tea on some of the most outrageous stories we've come across in our careers. Maybe we'll even bring on a few exciting guests along the way. Cheers! Cheers. Good morning. Good afternoon. Or is it good afternoon for you already? It is afternoon. Oh, wait. Hold on. Isn't it? Oh, it's evening for you, huh? We got to start all over. No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's classic, classic. I swear I'm not drunk yet. <laughs> no, no. But as we were saying before we started recording, I am a bit hungover today. So I get a free pass of not knowing what time or day it is. <laughs> No, but the problem is, is that you're right. It's still morning for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. What are you drinking today? Because it is morning, I went for a coffee, a spiked coffee. I, I don't know if I've had this on the podcast before, but I got this delicious, it's like a tequila liqueur. Ooh. Yeah, I feel like you showed this to me, but I don't think you've, when I was there in person, but I don't think you've actually had it on the podcast. Oh, maybe. Yeah, it's a Don Tejeda. We went uh, for my friend Margie for her wedding. We went to Puerto Vallarta and she took everybody on a tequila Mm. tasting. And so it's like a butterscotch flavored tequila Mm. liqueur and it's delicious. So I just put it in my coffee, like a double shot of it. And it's delightful. Nice. I just opened mine. What is it? To try to stave off my hangover. I am just doing a Guinness. Because I was like, it's smooth, it's easy. And I am a big, big person who, when I have a really bad hangover like this, because I've mixed alcohols last night, if I just drink something very smooth and easy, it kind of takes off that last edge of the hangover, which is nice. So went with Guinness. And I don't think I've had Guinness on the podcast before. So No, I have, but you have not. You have. And Danielle McDonald did, but not me. So feel feel good about my choice. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Well, that sounds delicious. Not not nutritious, but delicious. Yeah, yeah. Well, to be fair, I don't know how you are when you're hungover, but I today's been such a shit show of a day in terms of one, I didn't do anything, but also it's like I don't really eat properly. I mean, it's I think I've had like a piece of bread and some leftover chicken, and that's it. <laughs> do you have like a go-to food when you're hungover? Is there something or you just sort of like pick at stuff? I usually, because I don't usually eat carbs in a, a lot in general. So I tend to go towards the carbs when I'm hungover. And I usually, I never drink soda or pop and I always crave it when I'm hungover. So like today even I was like, should I go get a Dr. Pepper just to like help settle my stomach? But then I was like, no, it's so bad for you. (laughs) So I just drank a ton. And like water is so hard for me. So I try to drink bubbly water or something like that when I'm hungover. So yeah, I strangely, like basically since college, my go-to thing is like a six inch sub sandwich, like Subway. Yeah. And it just soaks up all the leftover stuff. Yeah. Uh, but it, somehow that is – that's my thing and it helps. Yeah. Yeah. I used to do like a burger and fries, but I, I'm not a fast food person. So it, it has to be like a restaurant quality, <laughs> which I was like, I just couldn't be bothered today to leave my house. I couldn't get off the couch. <laughs> oh, funny. So you're bougie is what you're saying. Restaurant yes. quality burgers. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, but I did go, um, cause a couple weeks ago I got to see, uh, Motive in the Queue, which is on, uh, on the West End right now with Johnny Flynn and is reignited my talent love for him because he's so good. So he has this really great show on Netflix that's just like a very easy bingeable called Love Sick with him and Daniel Ings and oh, yes. um, oh what's her name? I'm forgetting it. Beautiful actress. Is it Antonia uh, Antonia Thomas? Yes. yes. Antonia Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I remember I watched that show too and uh, it was – it's very uncomfortable. Like, right? (laughs) 
It is, but it isn't. Like, he's so endearing. Like, I kind of, I mean, it was a long time. I think it aired a long time ago. So I think he, yeah. he's, because I looked him up and he's 40 now, which I didn't realize. And I think he's probably like 30 in it. So it's probably at least 10 years old at least around. But it's just so cute where it's like this just like very endearing guy who's, yeah, not, he like loves love too much, but also is kind of a slut. <laughs> sleeps with all these girls yeah but i mean like he's he's he gets in his own way every single time mm-hmm. and that's the i think that's the uncomfortable part where you're like oh you're making all the wrong decisions what are you doing yeah it's just cute and it's a great cast so i need to look up who cast it yeah it was so i just i've been doing that today how's 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 jess been doing uh today uh you can see i'm back in my own home yeah and I'm very excited about that. I still have one extra dog because my parents don't get home until Sunday, but I'm very, one more sleep. So I'm very happy. Uh, it is raining outside, so that there's that element where I don't have a backyard, but they still have to go out, go pee. But, you know, it's fine. Everything's okay. I love your setup. It's just so pretty. For anyone who wants to see Jess's beautiful living room setup, it's so cute. <laughs> I'm so proud of it because, I mean, you know the saga, this this whole set piece here, it was curbed. It was on the curb and I... Tra- oh, oh, that's right. Yeah, I trekked it for like half a mile on a dolly around my neighborhood. And, uh, and then an, a lovely lady who lives in my building, who I haven't seen since and didn't see before, helped me push it upstairs, even though she was like dressed to go out to dinner or something. So I'm very proud that it's here. And then I dressed it. I did some home goods shopping. I did some like Michael's stuff. And I'm very proud of it. It's very exciting. It's very good. Very season two-esque. <laughs> yeah. And I, ha- well, the thing is I had like a cheapo bar cart here for like nine years that was like a small little stationary thing and now it's like a whole it's a wall piece you know and you can't really see it based on the frame but I added this whole decal on the wall that's beautiful and I'm so proud of all of it. So I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I, you know, I just need some money, but like, I want to start deck because I, I think that's the problem with my place. I, I had, I think I told you I had a pipe burst in my kitchen during the yeah. lockdown year. And so I had to renovate the whole, basically my whole place. And basically I've been staring at white sterile walls for the last year and a half since I moved back in because I ran out of money essentially. And then obviously yeah. the whole industry has been upside down since. So um, I just need a little bit of money. And so I can cover up these sterile walls so I don't feel like I'm in an insane asylum much longer. (laughs) But that one wall looks phenomenal. So at least you got one going for you. (laughs) I could feel the difference in me as like when I look at that wall, I'm like, ooh, I like to be home, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's so pretty. I love that. Oh, well, today, I guess we're going to jump into all of our lovely tech and casting. Yeah. I think we had other plans. I mean, we had plans to talk about tech and casting, but things sort of blew up in the last couple of days within the casting tech side of things with casting networks. They're in a bit of hot water. And for those... So just to... They must have known. Uh, Right. (laughs) They're like, they're going to talk about tech and casting. Let's create a scandal. (laughs) Yeah. Time this right. Uh, No, for those who don't know, there's there's a few different platforms that we use uh, in the casting world as, as do actors on their side where it's Breakdown Express, Casting Networks, Casting Workbook. And I think that's sort of, those are the three main sites in the US yeah. specifically. So apparently, I don't know what the structure was before, but it was not this. And they recently changed it that each actor, if you have a free account, only gets an allotment of, what is it? 350 megabytes of storage, which apparently I had someone, I read somebody's post that that's essentially to self-tape. So it doesn't even matter if a casting director requested it or not. Like you're not just self-submitting to a project. And if you, you basically can archive your videos, but you can't do it immediately. Like once you submit it to the casting office, you can't then immediately archive the video out of your storage or whatever that setup could be. You have to wait till a certain date to archive it in order to get that storage space back. So then if you need to, if you need more than 350 megabytes, which is essentially to self-tape, tapes depending on the size of the self-tape. You have to upgrade your account to get one gigabyte of storage for $9.99 a month. So basically what is the backlash is that if you're an actor that is being requested a self-tape, which just feels like bad timing on Casting Network's part of after going through the strikes and coming to an agreement of how 
the casting process works, I feel like they didn't look at any of those things. And they restructured it on the actors all of a sudden. So you essentially have to pay to play in order to be considered for a role. Interesting. So I don't explain this to me because I've always been a breakdown person. I mainly use breakdown, eco cast, that stuff, and I, or cast it. And so I never got into the casting networks thing because also I feel like it started becoming more prevalent right when I moved over here, at least more on the reg. And so I guess I'm confused as to why actors are uploading their own self-tapes because prior, either they would just... Breakdown Express is the same thing though. They they When they're uploading to Ecocast, they are uploading from their accounts. I know, but they have to pay for those accounts. Yes, which is a problem too. <laughs> But I, I know, but like, but, or they have to send it via WeTransfer or something like that. Like, I don't get how, I mean, I don't, I guess maybe it's the price point, but it's always been that way. So is it the, is it a matter of like how much they're charging or? Well, also to clarify as well, I, I think that the boom that you heard in casting networks was because there was an acquisition by Talent Systems that they acquired Casting Frontier, LA Casting and what's the other one? Uh, oh no, I think those are the two. So LA casting was primarily used for commercial work before. And so they were they were both used primarily for commercial. LA casting was sort of a little bit theatrical depending on who it was but then they acquired both of them but you still have different plans and paying for them individually so they're not under one umbrella truly so yes you have had to pay for all of these services as an actor for all of these years whether it's breakdown express or you know actors access or whatever it is and that is also part of the problem is mm -hmm. that actors in order to be competitive they have to pay for profiles on every single platform and I I think a big part of the conversation during this the SAG negotiations was to eliminate that pay pay to play aspect so that casting directors when they're requesting it they're giving people an alternative way to submit. This is my problem with it cuz I I can I can appreciate that most of these services charge actors everything a la carte which is a really big issue because they spend a fortune for each platform. The problem is is that they think that we are the villains in this that we are choosing platforms that are charging them a, uh, an astronomical thing. I think it's important for people to know, because I've watched a number of videos where they're vilifying casting directors for using the platforms. And for us, we don't have anything else. I have worked tirelessly with Amanda Lanker Doyle to try to go to different places to develop a new platform that doesn't charge actors or, you know, charges reps, but not, and us even. Like, I would be happy to pay a portion of a things in order to get people to not have to pay so much if I'm actively working. If like the Mary Vernews and the, mm -hmm. the Bernie Telsies of the world are casting 150 projects a year, sure, they should pay for part of that. But I think this structure I feel like is not fair. And now there's like another one called the casting app for commercial work that they're free for now, but they won't be for long, you know? Interesting. I, yeah, I guess I'm maybe catching up on all this. It's hard because one, yes, I get, I get really irritated that we get vilified over this because we have no control over the fact that we have these platforms that we have to use in order yeah. to do our job. Um, and you can't not use them. <laughs> you have to use one or the other. And we've had something, I mean, at least my entire career, it's always been up until recently, it felt like it was very much like a monopoly of like you have one choice and casting directors were upset about that because we didn't have another place to go. And then I remember when casting networks started coming on, becoming more prevalent, it was like, oh good, we finally have an alternative. But now it sounds like even though we have an alternative so that we can do our jobs better and not be so restricted by one company, that then is then bad for the actors. And I do think here's, here's my one problem. I get that you shouldn't have to pay for multiple, multiple, multiple things, but I pay a hundred dollars a year for my Dropbox for everything to hold everyone's auditions you know like or certain things or and then I also pay for choir to do my entire casting database and then I also pay for a WeTransfer account and so you pay for WeTransfer or is it WeTransfer it's one of those like big file transfer things oh why <laughs> 
I don't know. Because I do. <laughs> I want to be devil's advocate. I, t- I totally understand where you're coming from because I pay for a number of those things as well. But that is an option we have to do our job better, to organize ourselves. These actors, this is the only option if they want access to opportunities. So why? Why can't they just send it via Dropbox or via WeTransfer link? No, they can submit those things. But, uh, but in terms of having accounts to these platforms in order to be able to be submitted for projects, that's also part of the problem. Mm -hmm. So they have to be on all these different places in case one casting director works off of casting networks, one casting director works off Actors Access. So the submission part, I feel like that's that's like a, a new part of the argument that should not be... Also, that's if you think about storage space, like I can buy a one terabyte, a terabyte from Best Buy, like a external hard drive for 60 bucks and they're charging people for 350 megabytes they want if anything more than that is ten dollars a month yeah like that is an insane like a, a, the tiniest amount of storage yeah like that feels like a but i think they're pa- i guess i'm confused then because i thought you just said they're paying to have a profile yeah on these places well not on casting networks i think their profile is free but i think on actors access if you have a profile with anything else besides like one photo it's you charge they charge you yeah I don't know I think that's I I don't know I I don't really see a solution honestly because I understand like they have they probably could lower the price or charge somebody else like but I mean it's it's also one of those things where I think if you go to indies I mean you can charge studios maybe and be like hey you know when you get brought onto a studio project put that expense onto them but indies if it's going to be a lot I don't want to pay it like I'm already paying for everything else and yeah and we, we make 10 cents on on the dollar basically in indies anyway <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I will say I feel like the solution could be and this is obviously a lot of people have to get behind this solution because it's the only way to protect actors do you remember during the strike all of those like hotshot actors and producers like they were the the hyphenates went into SAG and they're like we're gonna figure out a solution so like Clooney went Ben Affleck went JLo went like everybody went Mm -hmm. those people need to get together and invest the money that they were willing to pay into the the plan into building a platform that is actually usable for the future actors the generations to come if they are so successful they can use that money and to build a correct platform for all well definitely for SAG members but also for pre-members if casting directors can use that platform for free and it's being uh, facilitated by SAG I feel like that's a solution that feels like the only solution because otherwise these platforms are just going to continue monopolizing and acquiring each other and taking advantage of the actors because they're making, not only are they making money off the actors, but they're making money off the agents and managers. They're double dipping. I think Spotlight's a bit different over here. I don't think, uh, I think that actors pay for their own profiles. I don't think agencies have to pay. I don't think they're double dipping. Oh, I don't know about that. But that's good if they're not double dipping. But I'm also curious too, because one, I think I struggle with the fact that I don't think anything in life is free. You know what I mean? Like I think that no. for anyone to build out the platform. So yeah, I understand your solution would be a great one. I don't think they'll do it, but <laughs> uh, but I think it's like for anybody to invest their time and energy and money into doing this, it's going to be a lot of time, a lot of money, and it's also going to be continual money. So whether SAG wants to take some of the many, many millions of dollars of dues they get every year and continue to run it, you know, or like find a company, a tech company that will build it out for them, that would be interesting. I mean, there's not enough casting directors. Our dues don't matter, like <laughs> for us. Have any kind of like abilities, but I and no, (laughs) and I don't see like agencies put footing it because it's so transient. Of like outside of the top three or things like that, we're seeing agencies pop up and fold and merge, and so I don't think it can be an agency type movement. So I can like I just I just feel like you can't say well it should be free when there are people working for the company doing a lot for it because somebody has to foot that bill. 
And also, I think it's interesting to note that I think maybe, and this is just my conjecture, I have no idea, but, and I've said this before, is where I think we're a bit over inundated on actors right now. So for a platform like Casting Networks or Breakdown or something, they have to allow, like I know Spotlight here, you actually have to like prove you have three credits or you have to prove that you're actually acting to do this. I think with this companies in the States, I think you can just sign up and pay for it. So I think if you're going to create the access that anyone can have a profile um, without any kind of... what I'm looking for. Credentials. Yeah. Like any kind of filtering process, if you, if it's free or if it's open to anyone, then at some point you have to charge people because, you know, my mom could go set up a profile and be like, I want to be an actor. <laughs> I will say Spotlight has changed their requirements these days, trying to create more equitable access to underrepresented communities. So I think that that is a good thing. Like if they can do that in the States as well, I mean, we're already doing that, but the problem is, Mm -hmm. is that they're nickel and diming them for every part of your profile. So Spotlight, obviously they tried to do a version of what the US does. It was not well received. Yeah. And then they pulled back. But I will tell you, you know, next week we're going to have somebody from, from Spotlight come on, Mel Brown. And the thing you know, to remove the illusion that uh, we're talking live. We've already talked to her. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, is that you'll you'll hear that Spotlight is not only about having a profile on their account. Spotlight is a membership-driven organization where they offer you so many things as being part of the community. Different classes, different, you know, things that you can sign up for as being a member of Spotlight. These other services in the U.S. do not do that. Yeah, I mean, we've both done webinars and Q&As for Spotlight. Yeah, they definitely have a lot more. Even I was just talking to them the other week about possibly contributing some more this year in some respect because they do they're they're really good about giving back more than just a profile on the account that people can go and find you but yeah so that that would be interesting I'm curious though I feel like there's too many it's almost like there's too much red tape now where like unless SAG takes it on nobody's gonna step up to the plate everyone's just gonna bitch at each other and yell at each other and say this isn't fair but no one's actually gonna do anything like I'd be curious to know what the actual like solution is Or, you know, because I'm just so used to like Hollywood, I guess, of there's a problem, everyone complains about it for like a few months, and then nothing changes. And so then we go back into the circle of things. Yeah, I'm just, I honestly, like, I'm really surprised because in, in my head, I thought that once, and you know, because we technically have a six-month grace period once the new contracts were ratified to figure it out, right? To how our systems are going to work as casting directors. So I'm really surprised. I thought this time would have been used to try to figure out a new structure that accommodates the new contracts. But it feels like they've gone the other direction and they're like, we're going to, we're going to do whatever we can. But like, you know, I think I've been thinking about it a lot lately because w- the next job that I do, I'm like, how do I build a back end into my own website to get people to upload directly to me? Like, what does that look like? And I don't mind doing that. I'm all, I mean, I did it for a different, when I was working on um, doing additional casting for an, the Netflix movie, We Have a Ghost, we were collecting tapes like crazy. It wasn't one role. We were creating a montage of real people, but they, they were all actors and doing these improv things that we were eventually just going to be using the actual self tapes people were submitting in the film. And so I had a huge, I paid for a Google Drive for people to to upload directly into my Google Drive. So whatever version that looks like, like I'm I'm starting to look for alternative solutions. I, I, I honestly, personally, if there's a way for me to get submissions, not through any of these platforms, that's what I want to do. Because people don't understand that we are very much held hostage to these platforms. There is one particular platform that doesn't treat us respectfully, that uh, makes arbitrary decisions of what are our accounts, what what um, access points we have, what you know, search capabilities we have. They told us that it was a database to search for actors before. Like if we're looking for something really specific, maybe a trans actor or non-binary or, you know, where it's like it's an underrepresented community that we could use it as a database, but they've removed all of those abilities. We can't use it as a database. And now I learned that... If 
if you are not, if you don't have an active project, if you try to search an actor on, I'm just going to fucking say it because it's all truthful stuff. Breakdown Express, if you try to search for somebody, you can't because you don't have an active project. So I can't even like keep up my knowledge of who's out there and what are they up to right now unless I'm actively working on something. That's crazy. I mean, I haven't used it in a while. So yeah, I, I can't speak to it. But yeah, I've I've heard the same. I, I know you're not alone. I know there's quite a few people who have had either functions taken away and then you have to fight for them back. I don't really get why. I feel like they got a little bit too big for their britches in terms of, I mean, they started a few years back asking for credit on things where they forced, where they forced casting directors to go ask ask the producers to give them credit in the film. Oh, they still are. For doing the breakdown. And it's just crazy to me. It's like asking for, you know, so you, you, you're you providing a service. Like people are paying for it. You're providing a service. You don't get to demand on top of that as well. And I always found that very tacky to the point where, yeah, I was like, I'm not going to ask for that. That's crazy. And you can't hold me hostage by a choice or a decision that's up to a producer who has no stake in the game of giving you credit and for literally using a surface. Yeah. Well, that half the problem is is they want to be credited as casting services provided by. Yeah. <laughs> we are the casting services. They're not. <laughs> So, and that's the thing is like, they won't allow us to release breakdowns. If uh, this is more for the young, even younger generation of casting directors that are like doing short films and developing their own, you know, uh, being comfortable in their casting skins and trying to develop their own clients, they're not allowed to release breakdowns unless they're willing to sign off that right, essentially. I think, you know, that we we have a lot of problems with a lot of different services, just as the actors do. And so when they're, when they are very frustrated and yelling at us, for uh, making them do things. Like, please know, it is not us. It's sometimes the studios that we're working for. If we are working for a studio network, they they like using a particular platform more than we do. So I think we just, we don't have any money. <laughs> I think that's the problem. Like if I, if someone gave me a massive check, because yeah. <laughs> Amanda and I have literally talked to so many different tech people over the last two years, trying to see if there's any anything they can do to at least baseline build something to help us facilitate our jobs. Because that's the thing people don't know is that as we work day to day, we have to use so many different platforms to get through our one day of work, right? Just like you said, using choir, using Dropbox, using this, using that. There's no streamline thing for casting directors. And choir is expensive. It's very expensive to use for an indie casting director. It is. I mean, I, I constantly am like grappling with the idea of not using it anymore but it also has now it houses my entire casting database so it's like what I do and I looked at it the other day and there was like over 7,000 actors that I have inputted into my system and so I'm like do I just walk away from that or continue to pay a lot of money and it is nice because usually when I'm working on some kind of something I can usually work it into my deal that they pay for it but again oh that's nice <laughs> yeah I mean I'm like I, I'm a pretty good negotiator when it comes to my deals but yeah I know a lot of people don't and they'll just pay out of pocket. But again, too, I haven't worked in the States for a while now. So like I think deals over here are done quite a bit differently or you just kind of get more of a flat fee. So I'm still going to keep paying it. But it is really expensive. Like the amount of money I spend on these different platforms yeah. every year. Yeah, it's just – it's kind of astounding. And then on top of it, I mean we pay for our websites and all that all – that that goes into that. So it's, we have our own expenses and it, it is just really disheartening that actors first uh, reaction is to always blame us. <laughs> it's like, it must be the casting director's fault. And you know, it would be so interesting because if somebody had a really big issue, and I can't speak for a lot of the other casting directors, but I was like, if you can't afford to pay the higher price, whatever they're charging, I, if somebody came to me, it was like, can I just send you a link or can, can you send me a Dropbox link and I'll upload it? Like something like that. I would happily do that. Like, I don't see that should be a problem. And I guess that's where I was confused by some of it because I was like, if you're still offering the opportunity to send it how the it's been sent the majority of my career is just sending links to us personally through your agent or whatnot, then it shouldn't cost you anything. Yeah. 
This is the thing. I don't know. I'm guessing, this is just speculation, that maybe the casting directors are not offering the option of two different ways when they're sending out the request, expecting the actors to communicate with them if they need another choice, right? So what I've experienced with a lot of actors that I've talked to is just, let's just hypothetically talk about um, asking for an extension for self-tapes, right? I need an extra day. Their reps, and I think this is specific to like boutique, like when you're doing co-stars or you're doing, you know, uh, small guest stars or whatever it might be, those reps push back against their actors saying, no, you got to deliver now, right? They're not willing to reach out to the casting offices. And that, like, that's clearly not our problem. Like we do whatever we can. And we outwardly tell people like, just ask, just ask us if you need more time, just ask. But when having an understanding that the reality is, is that their reps won't. I feel like maybe that's part of the problem too, that they tell their reps they need it another way. And the reps say, well, if you want to be an actor, you want to be taken seriously, you have to have this, right? So I just think it's the environment that these actors are in having to deal with all of these different elements and having to pay out so much money that I think, you know, for us, we were all like, most of us are like, sure, whatever, just tell us, communicate with us. Yeah. But they're, the middlemen are not willing to. So I don't know. Yeah. And I mean, I hope people will like stand up for themselves because it's one of those things where I think, I mean, again, I always try to like see both sides of it where I'm like, yeah, I totally agree. I think the agents are probably most of the time saying stuff like that. But then I also know, and I say this being friends with a lot of actors, that actors can tend to procrastinate and, you know, put other things first. Or So I can see agents like having a firm line of so that they don't get into a pattern of doing things late. But I, I don't understand why they wouldn't ask. That's crazy. Um, and I do put that on the reps. Yeah, yeah. But that's just a reality. Yeah. And it sucks. Like I when I hear these stories from actors that like, oh, you know, when you ask if they're pitching on top of submitting or when you ask certain questions and they push back on everything and it just it doesn't make sense to me because I mean, obviously there are some casting directors that are not particularly nice to deal with, just like there are you know, in any other profession, there are always people that are maybe unkind or over it, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, that's your job as a rep is to ask questions on your actor's behalf. If an actor has a rep that's not willing, that is not willing to ask for extensions, not willing to ask for information, not willing to ask for, you know, an, an alternate way to submit, like that person is not the right fit for you, bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. They're not a very good agent. <laughs> or manager, <laughs> whoever or it's manager. coming from. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. But to be fair, on the flip side, there are some really good positive things about them. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Listen, I don't mean this to be like a gripe session. I'm just trying to like, obviously, we have to see it from both sides. Mm -hmm. And and I can appreciate both sides. And also, this is like, this is a capitalistic country, but there does need to be some sort of regulation to protect the actors. If the actors are unionized, then the union has to do something. And, you know, so yeah, I don't I don't know. So stop yelling at at us and yell at your union. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel bad when I see all these posts from casting directors being like, I'm just getting raked over the coals and like, yeah, like I don't think a lot of people know that we have a lot of like closed casting director groups and stuff and so when things like this happen, there's a big discussion and lots of people chime in and we try to come up with solutions but then at the end of the day, we can only do what we can do. Like we aren't running these companies. Yeah. We have no stake to go to the board or you know, go create something new and we're not wealthy millionaires who can just throw money into a new app to make everyone else's lives better, you know? So yeah, but I will say like, it's always interesting because I like the ease of having one, it's hard because like, I love the ease of having one main place to go for everything. You know, it, there is something that's really nice about being able to search for your actors, having it all in one place, kind of just having a very like spotlight does a great job of putting everything in one place for you to find. And if you can't find it, they will help you very easily. <laughs> but I think, and that's a huge part because like you were saying, we have so many of these different platforms to use that when we do find some like positive aspects of these technology, it makes our life a lot easier. And we can hopefully translate that into seeing more people, becoming more familiar with people we don't know. And it's fascinating to me. I, I need to get more into casting networks because I just have never dealt with them too much. Yeah. I don't know where it goes 
goes from here. <laughs> there is a function to do that. That's the only thing is I want to be a little bit positive is like they these these companies do help us on our side of our job. Like they have their issues clearly. Yeah. And just like Spotlight tried to roll out this a la carte thing last year and it bit them in the butt and they pulled it back immediately and apologized and they knew they messed up very quickly yeah. and then they rectified it. And I think we have to give people a little bit of grace that maybe they were trying to present a new option for people that wasn't thought through and or wasn't like tested in the marketplace because it, it seemed a bit more common sense to not do it, but at least they rectified it. And I mean, as much as we all struggle with breakdown, I do remember like when I was – it's really helpful for me, especially on really low-budget indies when I don't have an associate and an assistant or even either and I'm just doing it all myself. They do have a really good system of where you can have everything in one place so that I can do things faster. I can see who I want. I can send the, you know, they have EcoCast that is pretty easy to use where in the past cast it was always quite expensive and their tiered system of how productions would pay for cast it was always really wonky to me where I was like some of my indies just couldn't afford to pay like if you wanted to be able to use every function on their website you had to pay like 1500 to 2000 I think and it was really like some of my productions are like we can't afford that that's like a, an expense for a 2 million film we don't have like you're enough to figure and then you would go use eco cast because it was free but on our side of it and so it's it's hard I get it because there's like good aspects where you can get everything you need and some of it's really easy and it does help our jobs out but I don't yeah but then you have these like bad things happen and these scandals and whatnot that need to be sussed out yeah I think there's just that someone has to figure out the middle ground and you know I want to definitely give I mean this just happened the other day so it it's fresh and so hopefully because they're all sort of owned by the same company that also owns Spotlight, like hopefully they will be as receptive for, to the feedback that they're receiving this week and uh, and make an adjustment accordingly because mm-hmm. it's hard, especially like I just want to be mindful about, you know, we've all been out of work for the last year and some change at this rate, you know, and for actors to now have to spend all this money on top of what they were already spending, that's really rough. And um, I just, yeah, I just, I hope they're is a middle ground that is reached but that it was so funny i commented because mm-hmm. wh- one of the what is this uh there's an account on i'm forgetting her name right now but um put me on self-tape is the instagram account and she uh, she said that like uh oh you know why is casting doing this to us it was one of the things which i feel like she she knows it's not our fault but she in a moment of frustration she said it and so i commented on it being like we despise them all too <laughs> it's not us and then everybody there was this one girl who who had commented on my comment basically saying like well who's supposed to pay for that like production should pay for it rather than sag to pay for it and all this stuff and it's like they're big barely paying us like they're you know if we haven't learned anything from the last year of negotiations every production is looking for a way to cut corners on every department this is not a unique situation so to have the idea that they're going to start paying for the casting services that we need to use I feel like is not realistic and I think you know SAG already has that platform iActor which they tried to make a thing but it's really buggy you know it's not as uh, fluid to use as you would hope so I think if they were to take that and put some money into it and elevate it and have somebody you know facilitate it I feel like maybe that's an alternate option or maybe this is when we all start switching gears and using iActor I don't know but we'll see what happens I guess yeah I mean it'll be interesting to see what happens but yeah I mean it's kind of notorious I remember like even as an associate productions never wanted to give casting any money for anything that we ever used it was always a big fight to get cast it or to get you know office fees or things that were an insane expense that we pay for again all the time to even get consider that to get them to consider even like chipping in or certain things and it's it's never been easy I don't sometimes I wonder when people are like production should pay for it I'm like when 
do you think this is going to happen? Like productions never pay for anything. Like This isn't something that's changed recently where all of a sudden production started like tightening the purse strings. And unfortunately due to COVID and then the strike, the purse strings have been pulled even tighter because now they're, they've lost so much money that now they're really going to try to like cut out anything that they can to save money. So it's hard to... I hate that argument when somebody's like, well, production should just pay for it. I'm like, they have no money. Like, <laughs> they're not. I mean, they might, but they don't, they're not going to give it to us. Yeah. <laughs> but I do want to talk about, because, you know, obviously we were a big part of the conversation, not we, but like the casting process was part of the conversation of the ratified contracts. And there are so many things that are really great about it. I think like the turnaround time and the page number limit that were uh, invoked as part of the ratified agreement, I think are great because I feel like there were a lot of casting offices that were taking advantage of it and not at their own will by any means. I think producers <laughs> were putting pressure on casting directors to have actors, especially I feel like in a lot of the procedurals, they were putting pressure on casting directors to have the actors read all of the scenes that they appear in when they're auditioning for like guest stars or co-stars. Jeez. Yeah, it was crazy to see a friend of mine have like 13, 14 pages of actual stuff and to turn it around in 48 hours or whatever it was or even faster. And so so I think for us, this gives us the power to push back against our writers and producers to be like, not allowed anymore. Sorry. And, you know, giving actors proper time to prepare for that material unless there's some sort of production constraint. So I think these are great things. I will say for those who don't know, because I read, I think it was a tweet that Leah Daniels Butler posted uh, that we have six months. We have a six month grace period to figure out how this works. And the thing that she posted was that she had sent an audition to an actor. She gave them whatever the allotted, I think it's a 48 hour turnaround now. The least amount is the, that's the minimum. And she, and not including weekends, she gave them the 48 hours, but because of a time zone difference, it was the three hours less than that. And they filed a claim against her. Jeez. Yeah. That just seems petty to me. Like why not even like just call? And I feel like that's the stuff that, again, gives gives actors the bad name. You know what I mean? It's like you can't want the world and then be petty about it. Like that's crazy to me where instead of just calling and saying, hey, this might be a mistake. Can I have an extra three hours? Yeah. Like, like, calm down. Don't file a claim. My goodness. <laughs> yeah, that it was crazy though, because it's just like we have this time to figure out our process. Like, if again, communicate with us if we're doing something wrong versus going straight to SAG and saying, you know, this it just wasn't fair. Give us a little grace. Figure to figure it out. Like it's just it's just being implemented and not in a forced capacity. But yeah, it's uh, it was not great. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I remember it was what, it was when Air. I think when we had Erin on last season and she used to work out of the SAG building and she's like, anytime somebody had a complaint, I would just like walk down there and be like, what now? <laughs> the other problem too is I think a lot of times, and we talked about it in our casting process episode of a lot of times when appointments are being sent out and all those things, usually it's an assistant doing it. And you never know. It could be their first day on the job. It could be their second year on the job. And some mistakes happen. Like I get that it's probably a bit stressful because you don't want to like, I think actors in their head think they, they're going to get in trouble if they bring something up to the casting director and they're going to be blacklisted or something. And it's like, no, just have your agent reach out to the casting director and say, is this a mistake before flying off the handle or getting super stressed? about something because most of the I mean I've made so many mistakes in my life I remember when I was still an associate and I was doing I was on three projects and I was just like banging out appointments one day and I forgot to change the date on one of them so it actually was like it they were like did you mean to put out an appointment for like tomorrow and I was like no <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oops. <laughs> so it's like we make mistakes. So I mean, to to get that upset about certain things, but I think everything's like tensions are just so high, and yeah. especially since nobody's worked in a long time and everybody's just feeling this like pressure. I think we all just need to maybe take a little bit of a breath and think about the other people on the other side, us thinking about the actors and the actors thinking about us and producers thinking about actors and us as well. But yeah, um, because I think it just seems sometimes I just hear stuff like this and I'm like this is so petty like why are this is not uh, this is not an argument worth having you know it's probably a mistake just ask <laughs> yeah I think if whether you're in the industry or not 
or if you're an agent, manager, or actor listening to this episode, just know the bottom line if you're walking away from anything after this episode is like, please communicate with us. We are open. We are not scary for the most part. Uh, And if we are, you know who we are. Uh, (laughs) So just talk to us. Let us know what the issues are. Let us know if you need an extra few hours, if you need an extra day. Most of the time, we'll give it to you. If it's not possible based on our schedules, we will tell you. If someone asked me, if I gave them a, a due date of Thursday and they asked, can I turn it back in on Friday instead? I will usually tell them, oh, I gave the deadline for Thursday because I was going to present on Friday. I was going to send them my choices on Friday. So if they get in on Friday and it's still in time, I'll try to sneak it in. That's, you know, or check in with me on Wednesday and see where we're at. So there is an open line of communication. We are, most of us are willing to communicate and accommodate, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I've had many times actors are shooting or, you know, they just can't get to it. And I do the same kind of thing. Like if I put a deadline of Thursday and want to show my choices Friday and then people come back and are like, well, can I put it in Tuesday? And I'm like, that's going to be too late. Yeah. I mean, and that that's kind of the nature of the beast. But I always say like, if we don't find it in that round, I will happily come back to you and let you submit then. But, you know, usually by that point we have, yeah. we have deadlines that we have to meet, whether it's with a producer or a certain schedule in terms of their scouting. And you only have one day for them to watch everything before they go into a crazy scout and they don't have service or things like that that we have to get it in. And so that's unfortunately some constraints that we have that we can't bend. But yeah, I agree. Anytime that somebody's asked and I'm able to accommodate, I've never held it against them by any means. Usually always give it to them. Yeah. Unless they're like, repeat. I, I remember when uh, I got so mad when we were actually, this is pre-COVID, we were actually in an office and we were bringing in actors and, you know, people confirmed. And one there was one actor who kept canceling their appointment the day of and I would get and it was like oh we will we'll reschedule them for Wednesday oh we'll reschedule them for Friday and so they kept rescheduling and I was getting mad because they were becoming consistent sort of offenders in that way and they wouldn't tell us until the day of and you are taking a slot away from somebody who actually wants to be in the room for three consecutive days you've been doing this that's three actors that could have had a shot at this mm-hmm. But, you know, obviously times have changed and hopefully I haven't been in a space where I've needed to offer actors the opportunity to come in again yet. But I think that's, you know, as long as you're respectful and communicating with us, that's all we're asking for. Yeah. I mean, I think it's something where, like I said, I think with all the tensions running high, I think some of that gets lost. Like that respectfulness on all sides can get lost easily where we can easily get frustrated that we are under, we're getting yelled at from one side and then we have to put that pressure on actors or actors just get really mad at us for whatever it is, you know, that, <laughs> that, that they don't see deem fair. And it's just, I, I don't know. I think it's, I just think everyone needs to chill out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I think that, I think that's the thing is like, it's so compartmentalized a little bit especially because they don't know what we actually go through in our process for the most part. Like they don't understand the volume in Mm -hmm. which we're working in and what is expected of us as casting directors. I mean, yes, there are some casting directors out there who will only see maybe seven of the same actors for every project. You know, those people do exist. But in order to find new talent and give people opportunities, we have to expand our searches and we have to watch our tapes, which we all do, because why would we request tapes? if we're not going to watch them. So I think it's, you know, understanding what the job looks like on our end and understanding the volume in which we're working and and the speed at which we're working. I mean, every actor should sit in a casting office for at least a week to understand, you know? And I feel like most people who have interned in a casting office or have been a reader, they have a better sense of the process and what we deal with on a general basis. Yeah. I feel like that has been a through line in almost anybody you and I have talked to and and also like people I just have met in my real life who have read like either done table reads or been a reader in a casting office or just sat in something. They all realize, oh shoot, all these like neuroses that I had prior to this, I after like one day, I realized none of that. Like they self-impose all these crazy ideas of what they think is happening or the fact that we're just like discarding tapes or um, because I remember I got into it one time. An actor confronted me 
and was like, you didn't watch my tape. And I'm I'm really good. I have a really good memory, especially when it comes to like names and faces. And I remember like having this argument and he was convinced he sent it to me. I didn't watch it because I also, because I'm so bad at tech most of the time, I didn't realize some of those sites that they send links or whatever, they'll notify when they're downloaded. And I remember it was something where it had been forwarded so many times that the person who opened it, it didn't trigger the notification. So they tried to call me out and they're like, you never watched it. You requested it. And I'm and, and there was what, at one point, it's, it's happened to me a couple of times where either I didn't really get it. So either the agent didn't send it to me and it, maybe the agent watched it and was like, this isn't good enough that I feel comfortable sending it or something, you know, or maybe they forgot. Who knows? They're fallible as well. <laughs> but this one time an actor confronted me and I was like, in my head, I'm like, God, this sounds familiar. Like, I feel like I saw this person. Why are they getting so angry with me? And so I went back on my emails and I saw the link I had sent to the director and they were on it. And I was like, wait. So then I went back to them. I said, I sent you. So why are you so, and they were like convinced that because they didn't get this notification from WeTransfer Venmo or uh, Vimeo or whatever that I I didn't do. And I'm like, I'm not going to forward you the email because I don't need to prove anything to you. This is taking minutes, you know, 20 minutes out of my day to prove to you that I, and at one point I was like, why am I doing this? I was like, I sent it. I know the team saw it. And they, and if this actor wants to believe me or not, that's up to them. But I can't sit here and like validate every actor when I'm doing my job. Yeah. I think also like for Vimeo, I never watch uh, auditions on Vimeo. I always download them first and then watch them on my computer. So when they're looking on their side, if they, cause if they have a downloadable account, they're paying for like a premium or a pro or whatever that thing is. And so they get to see on their side, how much of their tapes have been watched. Oh. And I never watch it on Vimeo. I always watch it once I've downloaded it because it's like, if you have faulty internet or whatever, it gets interrupted. It's buffering and I don't want to go sit through that. So I'll just watch it when it's actually on my hard drive because then I have to upload it onto the platform that we use. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, for me, it's just like those stats are not always reliable to the actors that are keeping track if we're watching their tapes or not. Yeah. So I think it's, you know, it's hard because you you just like be a little nicer to everybody, like for us too. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's just funny. I didn't even know that. You just taught me that. I had no idea that they could track how much of the video you watch. That's crazy. I only know that because of my friend Alex because I'm we're, we talk every single day and so he'll tell me like, oh, they've already clicked on the link or oh, they've already watched <laughs> this point. I was like, how do you know all this? I know. Man, I've learned so much from you in terms of tech. I'm just going to say like, I'm always astounded and the fact that, I mean, you you taught me about how you can track your emails or whatnot. I still can't fathom getting myself into that situation. But like, honestly, I don't know if it's healthy or not at the end of the day, because <laughs> I see everybody opens everything I send. And if they don't respond, then I'm like, Arr. but at yeah. the same time. I had no idea though. But now, you know, it's funny is ever since I learned that from you, now I'm like, are people tracking if I'm looking at this? Or like, I, it, it kind of creates a little bit of paranoia in me because I'm also notorious <laughs> for, I'll open something, think I responded and then I didn't, but I never, especially with my emails, I never file it until I've actually, like, I know I've responded to it. So usually like once a week, I'll go through my emails and do a cleanse to make sure I responded to everything. I didn't miss anything. Cause there are times I do tend to be a bit flighty in terms of I'm sitting there emailing and then somebody will call me and then I'll get distracted and I'll go clean my kitchen or I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's, like it's just random. And then you kind of forget about it. <laughs> the joys of working from home. I know I have this, I'm, I'm like, I swear I have ADHD. I don't really know, but one day I'll figure it out. But like, I am, have, get so easily distracted from things, but I've started doing this thing. Well, not started. I've been doing it for years. It just hasn't worked where I, <laughs> I keep the, I'll open the email and then I'll mark them as unread. So I know that I have to go back to it. But the problem is, is I think, cause I've been reading lately a lot about ADHD and being a crazy procrastinator is one of the things that's part of it. And that's, I think, what I am. Um, and so I'll be like, oh, I've been avoiding this for like six months, but I will get to it. 
But I do think that the one nice thing about the the mail tracking thing that I use is that if some, because it's pretty prominent, I think a lot of people use it. So if someone is using it, if they're also a member, there's like a little green dot next to their email. So you can identify if they're also tracking your email. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I recently, I think it's funny because, and I think most casting directors have this is where you have like an actor email Yeah. where we send the majority of our actors to go to because we get so many work emails that it's just really hard to mix the two. But so whenever actors send emails to my like work email, I have a folder that I just put them in. And then every now and again, I'll go through and like answer them or try to, you know, figure it out. And again, it was funny. I, I taught a class last month and one of the guys got sick the day of and couldn't make it. And so the girl who runs it was like, hey, would you mind if he self-taped and send it to you and all that kind of stuff? I was like, sure. So he sent it directly to me instead of like through her and didn't like really talk about it or like didn't mention it that much. And so I just immediately put it with my other actor emails that I was like, oh, I'll go, go through when I have a chance. And he followed up and he was like really mad at me because he's like, I paid for this class, blah, blah, blah. I was like, hold up calm down. I said, nobody, you, there's a much nicer way to do this. I was like, it, it was an honest mistake. Yeah. If you knew how many actors randomly email me every day, it's ridiculous to be this upset. Like I said, I will go and watch it today. I'll get you your feedback. Like, I'm sorry. If you want me to pay you your money back, I will happily do that. Because at that point, I'm just like, there's no reason to get this upset over an honest mistake that I accidentally filed yeah. it away. And then I think he kind of- And you can just follow up in a nice way. <laughs> I know. And I was like, yeah, I think he kind of realized because I, I explained to him, I said, um, one, usually she sends me them if this ever happens. And two, I, I explained exactly what, what I just said. And I was just like, no need to. And when I offered to pay him back for his class or whatever, I was, he was like, no, no. He's like, sorry, I just got, I just got offensive or defensive because it's just like tight with money right now. And all. I was like, I get it. But like, just again, take a breath. Like it was an honest mistake. I had no intention of like not giving you what you, what you were offered. So yeah, that's the stuff that sometimes just blows my mind. Yeah. While you're talking, I real I'm realizing that at the beginning of the episode I was coming in hot. <laughs> I think I've settled down a bit. You were you were fired up. I was fired up. <laughs> um, I feel like it's a default these days where I'm just like Arr! Yeah, yeah. No worries. I, I was the opposite because I'm so hungover that I'm just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm very mellow today. Well, I guess we balanced each other out. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and you have a right. I think that's what makes you special is that you get so worked up on behalf of other people. I think that's a very good quality to have to take the defense of a lot of other people. And so, yeah, don't lose that quality. It's lovely. <laughs> Just just temper it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like ease into it next time. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I, you definitely have to give people grace and like, yes, the platforms that we use all like the Breakdown Express, the Netcasting Networks, all of them, they, they do offer a lot of good things as well. But it's, you know, we have to, we have to find a middle ground on yeah. all fronts. And I do think... If they could just take, I mean, we taught, we tout um, spotlights positives a lot, but I think if the US market would take some of this and offer webinars, resources, I think if I remember correctly from what Mel said, and it'll be in next week's episode, is that they even are offering like mental health or they, they offer sessions to go over your profile with you to make sure that if you're unsure about what something looks like, they have people on staff who will walk you through what they see works on their end. And so I I think if the U.S. markets could take a little bit of a page out of that book and maybe offer some more of these free services, I do think actors wouldn't care if they had to pay for it, you know, because you're getting so much more out of it. Because I don't know too many actors here that are upset that they have to pay for Spotlight because they get so much out of it. Yeah, I will say just to give uh, Casting Networks a little bit of credit, I think they've they've done this twice now that they've hosted. I didn't realize it was geared towards actors, but they've hosted two panels of casting associates that work. One was it for comedy, one was in drama. And so that actors could attend uh, virtually. Like it was a webinar, essentially. They, they did one last week. And I think maybe a few weeks 
prior to that uh, for the drama one. But it was basically last week was moderated by Felicia Fasano and then a bunch of casting associates in different offices were talking about what makes a good self-tape, what they look for uh, for comedy, comedic self-tapes and like all of these different things. So I think they are starting because they're under the same umbrella that Spotlight is. I think they're trying to pull, cherry pick some of the things that Spotlight does. But this particular angle, not as great. (laughs) But uh, yeah, that's cool. Well, maybe they'll be forced into a corner of doing more now to resurrect their good name. (laughs) We'll see what happens. But um, but yeah, so this, yeah, it's just I think uh, everybody's very stressed right now because money is so tight for everybody, present company included. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we'll figure it out. We'll find the balance. Yeah, I agree. And I honestly, I loved our chat with Mel. She was great. She really like kind of shows the humanity of that tech side of things, which I really enjoy. And I think people will really love listening to her because she really just is lovely in terms of like her passion for helping actors from the side of it, of being a part of one of these companies. Because again, they're people too. I mean, the people at Casting Networks are people. I'm sure they are probably stressed just as much. You know, you know, I just, yeah. We shall see what happens next. And uh, yeah, I feel like that's, I'm all out of my drink at this point. Yeah, <laughs> same. I finished my beer. <laughs> wow. I feel like very mellow. Like I'm just like, yep, now I'm ready to like take my makeup off, put my pajamas <laughs> on, <laughs> really zone out in my hangover and go to bed early. <laughs> Have a slice of bread. Yes, I did. I went, I love it because Tesco here has these batons of bread, like a little, a mini baguette pretty much. And it's like 75, it's like 75p. And it's just like, I just love it. I can eat it all day. And that's pretty much all I've eaten today. Oh my God, that's funny. That's so funny. All right. Well, have a lovely week. It's been a pleasure. And we'll catch you next week with Mel Brown from Spotlight. Yes. Yay. Cheers. cheers.